You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Yeah, and I think probably where it starts is probably with the legends about the course. And and there, if you're a first timer going in, I, I you know there's fear of this course that you've heard about, you know, with the winds and and the lava, the heat. But the the magical piece of it is that swim start that's in beautiful crystal clear blue waters on the other side of it sometimes they can be a little rough and overwhelming because it's the ocean there are some amazing videos of dolphins being on the swim one of the most incredible photos with the honu right under the, the start line of the start but once you get out of that swim and there's nothing more exciting to me than than the hot corner at the Ironman World Championship in Kailua Kona is that Palani and Kuakini intersection where there is, there's thousands of people cheering you on and on your bike, you'll pass that four times. And so it, it is, it's a, definitely a place to gain a lot of energy. That was Diana Birch. This is Marnie Sala. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. Today, I am joined by Diana Birch, Senior Vice President of World Championship Events for the Ironman Group and longtime race director of the globally renowned, iconic Kailua Kona Race. Before we dive in, shout out to our sponsors at Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go-to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness. Unlock the power of your potential. And use our code CHEERSMARNIE for 25% off. Now, back to our guest, Diana Birch. On this episode, Diana and I sync up about the current health climate in Hawaii and how things are starting to open up for tourism and how she navigated through the COVID-19 pandemic. We discuss the latest news on the Super Sapiens World Championship 2021 presented by Utah World Sports Commission and the 2022 Kona World Championship. Curious about the course? Diana sheds light on a few details and shares that more info is coming soon. Diana also details the story of how she came to work at Ironman, as well as her road to earning the title of race director, and how her role has evolved over the past two decades. I ask all about Kona World Championships from course design and planning to small and large scale events that take place in and around this epic race. 
Diana shares her favorite spots on the gorgeous Kailua Kona race course, in addition to the sources of inspiration for the race's annual themes. I also get the scoop on where to stay, dine, and train on the island. And of course, I asked Diana how she stays fit while building, managing, and overseeing this legendary triathlon for athletes from around the globe. After my conversation, I am seriously considering making the leap from 70.3 to the full Ironman distance. Even if triathlon is not your jam, I know you'll still gain a lot of meaningful insight, career advice, and inspiration from listening to Diana. If you like what you hear, leave us a review. It's easy, and it would mean the world to me. Head over to the app on your Apple device, click on the Money on the Move podcast, scroll through the episodes, click on the five stars, and click on write a review and tell us what you love about the podcast. Also, share this episode or whatever episode you're listening to with your friends on social. Last up, don't forget, sign up for the newsletter, The Download. Now, on to my conversation with Diana. Thank you so much, Diana, for being on the podcast. Aloha. How are you, Marnie? Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. I do appreciate it and excited to, to talk about all things Ironman. Yeah. So how are things going in Hawaii right now? You know, it's um, it's definitely been an interesting time as it has been for everybody all over the world. And, and of course, right now, being in October and, in you know, earlier this month, it's so different because, of course, we're accustomed to the island just being a buzz with athletes and people from all over the world not only getting ready for the lead up of the Ironman World Championship but embracing the island and and what Hawaii is all about so it's been incredibly quiet and definitely a different time um, but we're also very grateful for the time that the islands had to to take a break and you know there was definitely some benefit in in the fact that the island had the opportunity to heal and the communities had the community has had the opportunity to heal through uh, such a such a trying time for so many people all over the world. It's been a challenging two years, right? I mean, to say the least, I think we're so grateful to be able to be back out racing and doing all the events. We were actually, my family was supposed to come down to Kona and Hawaii in April 2019. And we keep postponing our trip because we just didn't know when we would be able to get out of here like we're in New York City and it's an 11 hour flight and all the things so I think we're we're looking forward to heading in your general direction this spring well when you get here you'll you'll absolutely enjoy it it's such a beautiful place to be and you know we're very fortunate because the governor has just recently announced you know welcoming the return to people to the state starting November 1st so we're very excited about that as well how did you come to be living in Hawaii? You know, I came here on a vacation in 1990. And I had no idea, you know, you heard about the Ironman World Championship on Wide World of Sports, but had never really paid much attention to it. And um, happened to be here during that time. And it was so funny because the, the community was such a buzz. Kona was just hopping. And so on the day that we were flying out of town, there was this race that was going to happen. And as we were going to head to the airport, it was like, you know, we should stop by and see this. So in 1990, I stood on the seawall in Kona and watched the swim start and was just blown away and was like, you know, one day I have to do that. 
and ended up moving back to the island in 1992 and started volunteering in 1992 and had the great opportunity to do the Ironman World Championship in 1995. And were you what sports were you doing before you did your first triathlon? Well, I didn't swim at all. And um, so there's a lot of fun stories there and how overwhelming the ocean is if you've never, because I was never even, I grew up in the desert. So, um, but I I was, I I ran as a youngster and enjoyed that and have enjoyed that through my entire life because I feel like that gives you the opportunity to just disconnect and be with yourself and I I one time had somebody on my team tell me, oh, oh no, she's going out on a run because when I would come back, I would always come back. I have have an idea. (laughs) And so, um, but I really did it. I think when I came back in 1992, um, decided to do the Honolulu Marathon, but it was, it was the people here because people were so excited about Ironman and, and you know, it it is a part of the community and, and this is our home. And so it was one of those things that it just, you know, fed that that desire to to be a part of it, to be a part of something that was so magical and so unique. But and and as challenging as it is, yeah, um, brought so much happiness. It brings so much happiness to so many people. I haven't been, but I plan to visit to come for the race. And I feel like it kind of reminds me of what the New York City Marathon is like here in New York. It's like the whole city is transformed. You know, and it's a big city and there's a lot of people and there's a lot of tourists and there's a lot of people that live here. But when the New York City Marathon happens, it's like magic. It's so cool. Yes. And it, and it's exactly that, you know, where you're going to visit the islands um, at a different time of year. There's been people that, that I've met that have only ever come during the Ironman World Championship. And that's the vision they have in their, their mind. And when they come back during another time, they're always like, I had no idea how different the island was. So it is that spark of, of magic during a time. And, and the rest of the year, there's it, it's a more peaceful place to be. But it definitely is something, Marnie, that, you know, with the business that you're in, I think yeah. that once you come, you'll want to come every year. I know. I have a feeling. I, I think this is my year coming up in October. So since we're talking about the World Championship and Kona, let's dial it back a little bit because the first World Championship that's going to be taking place is in 2021, the Super Sapiens Ironman World Championship presented by Utah Sports Commission that will take place in St. George, Utah, as well as then following that, which is when we will probably meet in Kona, in Kailua, Kona, the Ironman World Championship, Hawaii. That's amazing because there's two big events in what feels like, you know, a six month, eight month period. So of course, I was sorry to hear that it was canceled in Hawaii, but I'm excited to hear more about this new location. How has all of this been for you as the race director? You know, I think um, it, it, there's so many emotions. You know, it's been overwhelming, disappointing at times. It creates a tremendous amount of anxiety. And, you know, to get to the point that we're at, it, it it, it, none of this ever happens overnight, you right. know, and when you look at what we've all been through for almost two years, it is overwhelming. And so as this all started to develop, it, it's one of those things that the relationship that 
um, our community and, and the county have here with Greater Zion without ever even meeting each other has really been something that's been incredibly comforting. Um, so we couldn't be more excited to be able to host the 2021 Ironman World Championship. And we're able to do it because of partners like Utah Sports Commission and they have been incredible and, and just their belief in sport and, and what it does. But then Greater Zion and the team there and their respect for, you know, the legacy and, and just the, the history of Ironman and all that it matters here in Hawaii. It's one of those things that it, it's been such a learning process and, yeah. and really it's been a beautiful thing because you don't want to, you know, upset the people here in Kona that we work with, but instead that they knew that our island needed more time to heal. So to have the opportunity to have the team in Greater Zion open their arms and when they open their arms, open them with respect to the history of the Ironman in Hawaii was really incredible. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. And I think that it's inspirational and it keeps you keeps you believing and there's some people that are like you know it may not make sense to but I think big picture wise it is made sense to most people yeah and I think ultimately we're able to give the opportunity to our athletes that that qualified to do the 2021 Ironman World Championship or they can choose to to do 2022 back in Kailua Kona Hawaii right I mean that's the testament to the community and the sport what happened this year with Utah stepping in and helping out and Hawaii being grateful and everyone working together to have this great result is really Ironman, the company at its core and these races. So I think it's great. I think it's a silver lining. I think it was challenging for a lot of athletes to wrap their heads around and pivot their training. But I mean, we've all been kind of shifting and pivoting and I think that's what triathlon is all about, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Am I allowed to ask about the course in Utah yet? Or is that like a secret? Yeah, no, not a secret, but, but they are definitely, you know, our, our operations team is, is looking at that. That's been a huge priority working with greater Zion to find out, you know, what opportunities we have guaranteed. It'll be challenging and it will be beautiful. It is a, an incredible place to visit as well, Marnie. So if you have the opportunity, you should get out there. But our goal is to post it as soon as possible so our athletes do have an awareness. It's just kind of going through the details and making certain that it works there in, in Greater Zion. And I know that races drive a lot of business to the local community. I know the Ironman Foundation has been working to help give back to people in Hawaii. Can you talk a little bit about this initiative and how they've been contributing? And Yeah, I, I, I would love to. And, and I, you're talking about Kahi out together. Kahiao means to give lavishly of oneself um, to others without expecting anything in return. And at the time that we all went to, to working from home, you know, and like you talked about, everybody during this time, no matter what walk of life, we're all pivoting and, and trying to figure out what's our next step. And, you know, in, in the event business for us, you know, you're looking down the road at your planning. But all of a sudden you get pulled back and you're like looking at day to day because you can't look too far in the future because no longer can you think this is what it's going to be. 
So our team was at home and even that, that was a shift because we have a pretty small team and we're all accustomed to seeing each other and being together every day. And so the immediate thing that you do is you go on to, okay, we're going to have teams meetings twice a day, just to connect every morning and evening to, to check in and see how everybody's doing. And, and I would say early on, I did get a couple people in the community asking what Ironman was going to do. And at, at that point, you know, it was so early on and, and, and again, such a different time. It's like, how is Ironman going to make a difference? And we began to talk about it as a team and say, what is it that we can do? And realized that there was a need, and, and this was everywhere, food drives. And, and so we actually decided, well, you know, it's our turn to be behind the aid station and had this concept to, and we started out partnering with our partners. The Fairmont Orchid Hotel is a partner for the Ironman 70.3 Hawaii. And we have a really good personal relationship with them as well. So we went out there and said, can we team up with you and put an aid station in your portica share because the hotel was closed and give out grocery bundles to your employees. And so we started with that concept and grew into grocery bundles for the community. And we have now done 25 Kahiao Together events. Uh, we have one coming up in November for Thanksgiving, and we're really excited about it. And one of the greatest things is, is the commitment was to give back a million dollars in food to the Kona community. And in that process, what you learn is, is yes, it's, it's been this great opportunity to connect and to be able to give back to the community where in need. But the greatest gift has been that we have the ability to give. And it's kept our team together and put on 25 events during a time where we didn't think we were going to be putting on events. But it's incredibly humbling and, and makes you realize how, how grateful you are for what you have. Yeah. Have you been able to travel at all, like to leave the island? Yeah. So we, we started our planning visits for the 2021 Ironman 70.3 World Championship in, in January of last year. And it wasn't the typical group that traveled. It wasn't as many of us, but there was a small group of us that did begin traveling at that time to start planning and working with the team there on that event. Cool. And I mean, this is the first time since 1978 that the world championships are not going to be in Hawaii. Is it a similar course to the 70.3 in St. George? It's definitely going to be different, but there's going to be a lot of similarities because no matter where you go, when you're trying to find, you know, 112 miles on the bike and 26.2 on the run, it's, it's going to create some things that are overlapping because you're in the same community, yeah. you're going to the same location to swim. And so to get from point A to point B is, is definitely, well, they'll have some similarities for sure. It sounds really cool. I know a lot of people that competed in the uh, 70.3 and they enjoyed the race and thought it was a fun course minus the hail. <laughs> but I mean, there's always something, right? I mean, that week it was hot and dry and still and then it was it was unbelievable what came about on race day were you at that event as well yeah I was there my team was there and you know and I think that that's the you you realize like how amazing the teams are that that are on the ground and putting these events on and how everybody just rallies around each other to to take the next step to get through whatever is happening 
And one of the incredible things that we did see when, when that rain and, and the wind came right in the town of St. George was not just the staff that was out there and, and you know, pulling barricades, but it was the, the people that were on the course watching immediately, no hesitation, jumping in to help out however they could. It's incredible. I love doing Ironman races. I do the 70.3s. It's such a good vibe. Every race I've ever done. You've been doing this for 20 years now. You've been with the Ironman group. Yeah, over 20 years. What have been some of your roles along the way? Talk to me a little bit about what you do beyond race director. Before the over 20 years of working, I did. I started out as a volunteer and I, I was in the Ironman information booth and it was right on the pier and, and that's where I started, but I volunteered for aid stations and at the finish line and transition. I mean, uh, and, and it was something that you, you just wanted to be a part of. And it, it was uh, as much as you gave, it gave back. And then had the opportunity to go to, to work in, I guess it was 1997, the first time and worked in the Kona office and did athlete services and was an assistant to the race director at that time and did leave the company for a bit and came back. And when I came back in 2003, I came back as the race director. But what's, what's different is that, what's so different is the continued growth that we have and the continued change. So the job in 2003 is different from what the job is today because the company growth. When I first started with the company, Marnie, there's 12 of us. Shane was one of them, right? No, he was on the North America sports side. At that time, that was a, a company that there was a partnership with. And so there was 12 people in the company and they probably had on the North America sports side, they probably had eight to 12 employees as well. Um, something like that, I'm sure. But it was one of those things that I remember thinking then that, you know, it was this huge business. And so along the way, um, and really so much growth and so much change um, was with Lou Friedland when it was like, let's build and have more races in North America. But then when Andrew Messick came on board, he has such incredible vision and, and does see, you know, so down the future of what something can be. And um, it was it was his vision and his his ideas that have created the growth that we had. And, and we called ourselves a global company when I was first with the company. But Andrew's really made us a global company. Yeah. And um, so the job of, of race director changed significantly from just the Ironman World Championship side to adding events. Um, and, and it's not just a race, it's it's a festival, it's all week. And then expanding on, on our qualifying races around the world and, and how many athletes that we could get here. And then in, so it's 2012, the discussion of, you know, let's take this Ironman 70.3 world championship and rotate it around the world. And of course, when, when he had that idea, we we're like, he's crazy. And we're like, well, maybe it needs to be somewhere two or three years first. And he's like, that, that's great, but no, we're going to do it every year. And so that in itself is um, something that definitely consumes a lot of energy and time with the team, but there's so much love and passion for it because it creates so much excitement and such uniqueness and truly 
makes it a world championship because it goes around the world and there's athletes from all over the world that, that go. So that was added. And I think the biggest thing, you know, that race in itself from going from one day of racing to two days of racing, and it, it just continues to grow and evolve. And, and the goal is to always, how do we get better? How do we improve? How right. do we ensure we're giving our athletes what it is that they're looking for and what that dream is? Yeah, actually, speaking of two days of racing, I noticed Kona is going to be two days of racing. So what was the thought process behind that? Well, if you look at what's happened over the last 18 months, we've had (laughs) athletes that have actually started qualifying as early as 2019. So our 2020 qualifying season started in 2019. So you have athletes that had qualified for the 2020 race and the 2021 race And there's only so much room in Kona and so much space on the pier. And so as, again, you know, as we talk about having this great opportunity to host the 2021 event in um, St. George, we also know that there's people that that qualified specifically for Kona. And there's people that are going to be like, that's that's where I still want to go. And so we just knew that to be able to have an effective and and a fair qualifying season in 2022, we are going to need to to be able to have two days of racing. So that race is the 2022 Ironman world championship, but the number of athletes, there's no way we could host the race on one day. So we're very fortunate and really looking forward to the excitement of, uh, of what that brings all of us. That is very exciting. And it sounds like there's so many balls in the air and things happening simultaneously. <laughs> and I know as also an event planner and producer, what goes into this, but I'd love to hear from you, like as you're mapping out a race course and coordinating with local race directors and your entire team, what are some of the things since it's such a dynamic moving event, but it's one day, but the whole year you're planning all these different events. So what goes into designing it and choosing a location and all the events around the race? It's probably because you're in the event business as well and, and you you do get it. We actually have people that sometimes ask us, well, outside of race week, what do you do the rest of the year? <laughs> and so it it is a it doesn't stop. And you're 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 always planning for the year ahead, you know, the one that's coming up, but you're right. always looking way beyond that and you have to. You know, you have different teams and and we've grown so much. And as I was sharing, when I first was with Ironman, there was three of us in the Hawaii office. And now we have a a world championship team and and we have people that travel around the globe to to be a part of it. And when we do that, we also match up with the region that's on the ground. And so as you can imagine, and a lot of people also think, hey, that, that sounds like a lot of fun if they're around race week and that's what they see. But it's, it's administrative work. It's a lot of organi- organizing and, and a tremendous amount of details. And, and I think the thing that, you know, prior to the pandemic, you could go through and you can have your plans. And there's always going to be, you know, challenges and changes and, and places where you have to adapt. But I think navigating in a time now that sometimes feels like it's minute by minute, you know, and you think you'll have a a great direction. And there's this, you know, genuine commitment from all of us to go, we want to do what's right, what's the best possible things for our athletes. And you could make that decision 
And with the way things are changing now, you may have to change it again. Yeah. Um, You have to be flexible. You have to be, and everybody does right now. You have to be adaptable. But I think, you know, we put on at the Ironman World Championship and and now at the Ironman 70.3 World Championship, probably well over 20 events, close to 30 events in that week. From special events to events that are specific to different organizations for, you know, Women for Try and Iron Gents and Iron Ladies. So the most important thing is that we get the race right. And that that swim, bike, run, and that finish line is experiences something that the athletes are able to take away and say, that was the dream I was looking for and have that memory that lasts them forever. But surrounding that, there's different teams that, you know, we're working on look and feel and how does that experience when I see it, how does that feel? And I want to say the biggest thing is that it never stops, Marnie. It's, It's every single day our team is working on something about that next step. And then going back and looking at it and trying to poke holes in how that won't work and why it won't work and how can we make it better. But it's it's a lot of paperwork. Do you ever change the course, the Kona course? Like, has it changed over the years or? Yeah, it, it definitely has. I want to say it was 2005 was one of the big swim changes. We used to go out on the boat dock and we were like, we want to make it more spectator friendly. So we moved him over to exit on the beach side. That was actually, and without seeing it may not make sense, but that was a big change for us just because the boat dock was like, nobody could actually really see the swim. Um, In that same year, we changed kind of the the turn, the the whole in-town part of the course to to provide an avenue where we really had a a hot corner and a spectator-friendly spot because once the athletes go out on the bike, you don't see them again until they come in and finish. And so we, we have made those changes and then our run will change here and there, just based on permits and how far down we might be able to go on Ali'i Drive or how we may be impacted somewhere else. But we made some big changes to the course early on, and and sometimes it's based on construction or what's being planned in the community. For my listeners that are not familiar with the iconic Ironman World Championship Kona race course, would you mind giving us a little bit of a run-through of the day, the landscape, the terrain, the program? Yeah, and I think probably where it starts is is probably with the legends about the course. And and there if, if you're a first timer going in, I, I you know, there's fear of this course that you've heard about, you know, with the winds and, and the lava and the heat. But the the magical piece of it is that swim start that's in beautiful crystal clear blue waters. On, on the other side of it, sometimes they can be a little rough and overwhelming because it's the ocean. There are some amazing, uh, amazing videos of dolphins being on the swim. One of the most incredible photos with the Honu right under the, the start line um, of the start. But once you get out of that swim, um, and there's nothing more exciting to me than, than the hot corner at the Ironman World Championship in Kailua Kona, is that Palani and Kuakini intersection where there is, there's thousands of people cheering you on and on your bike, you'll pass that four times. Um, and so it, it is, it's, a, it's definitely a place to gain a lot of energy. And once you leave Kona town and get on that highway, there's, there's points on the bike course that is so beautiful. But as an athlete, when you're out there, there's that black lava and potentially the winds. It's 
can be difficult and probably more challenging than you can imagine. And the course appears to be like on everything you see really flat, but there's definitely rollers along the, the course. And then the climb to Javi can be so challenging depending on which way the winds are carrying you at that point. When you head back into Kona and get ready to take off on the run, the nice thing is, is on that run course, you again pass hot corner at some point four times. And, and again, it lifts your energy, but you have that same challenge of getting out on that highway where it's, it's hot and there's lava. And then you drop into uh, the natural energy laboratory, which has just a history of its own to either it's going to give you energy or it's going to take you away. Oh, that's so cool. And there's some incredible, yeah, there's these incredible shots that I love when you're watching the, the production of, you know, athletes and those top athletes, those professionals where they see each other, one's going in and one's going out. And the predictions that are made at that point of, okay, who's going to come out the winner? And then finishing on Ali'i Drive, which is known around the world. And before you get to Ali'i Drive, when you're back on Kuakini, you can hear Mike Riley. You can hear his voice down there in the, in the music. And uh, when you turn right on Hualalai and then right again on Ali'i Drive, that, that stretch of Ali'i Drive is something that you want to last as long as possible because the, the memories and just, I think the emotion that you experience in that last stretch of that race are something like, I feel like you go through everything that you put out there and every bit of the challenge and what you felt, it's all wrapped up on Ali'i Drive and then you cross that finish line and there's not quite anything like that as, as far as racing. You're making it sound like I really want to come do it, but I know, I know. <laughs> It's not my year. My plan is to come when I'm 90 and I'll finally qualify and maybe I'll be over my fear of the ocean. You, you can do it, Marnie. You can get over the fear of the ocean. I need my own kayaker. I, I will. I think I need to raise money for this and it has to be that kind of race for me. <laughs> Seriously. But I do it anyway. I like to scare myself. Every race has a theme. Where did this concept begin and what will the theme be next year? You know, when I came back on board in 2003, it was myself, a young lady by the name of Carrie Love and Mahaya Akao. And Mahaya and I still work together today. And it was one of those things that when I was um, offered the position, it was like, you know, we need to take it to the next level. And, and what is that? And for me, after going through 2003, that was our 25th anniversary uh, you really would think that this race could have been anywhere and you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known how special it was and that it was in Hawaii and the uniqueness. And, and that's where we come from. And that's where this all started. So we started working with a cultural advisor with Island Breeze that, you know, are friends of ours and saying, we, we need more to this. Um, and then Mahaya and I started talking about it. And so we, in, in our development of the logo, we decided each year we need to have something that's specific to the year and specific in a way that's not just the, the logo, but it's this theme. Um, and I think we got more formal in about 2009. And Mahay and I would sit down and, and talk about it. And again, it was, it was just, there was just a few of us in the office. And what we decided is that where it really has to start is from, from us because that's going to resonate throughout what we do. And for me, you can figure out how to order Gatorade and operationally what you need to do to make right. the course work. 
but there has to be something that gives it the heart and soul for everybody, for the athletes, for the volunteers, for, for the Ironman group. And so we started working on a theme and that follows throughout everything that, that we've done. And in 2021 at the Ironman World Championship, our theme is Kumukahi, which is a new beginning. And we always, when we came up with that theme, it was like, all right, we're going to go into 2021 and it is going to be a new beginning after everything that we've been through. And it continues to be that because we've never been outside of Kona and, you know, as different as that is, it's a blessing and it's a new beginning and, and we need to embrace it. So the 2022 theme for the Ironman World Championship and Ironman I can't quite announce yet. It's coming soon. We're getting ready to announce it. But I think it is going to be such a beautiful theme as we all start coming together and, you know, getting on the other side of what's been such a challenging time. Yeah, that's beautiful. More incentive to do the race because it just has so much meaning beyond the surface of running, swimming, and cycling. What are some of your favorite themes over the years? So I love them all. And and, and I think some of the themes that, that people will remember, you know, right off the bat are Aloha and Ohana. And Ohana to me really kind of took off within, you know, the Ironman group, but within athletes as well, because that brings us all together. And it's, it's so true. And for us in Hawaii and, and the people I work with, they are, they're my family. And so those are a couple that I think people could really easily pick up on and run with, but I will have to say one of them that, that I continue to, to live by that resonated with me so much was this opportunity that I had, and it was in 2012. Auntie Elizabeth Malawihi Akoli is one of Hawaii's legends. And I had the opportunity to sit with Auntie Elizabeth and talk about the creation of the 2012 theme. And it was Auntie Elizabeth, myself, and a gentleman that lives here, Wally Lau. And we wanted her perspective. And Auntie Elizabeth came up with this theme, but she talked about it first, it just talking about life. And what the theme developed into is the sparkling eyes of my roots. And I'm going to, I'm going to say it to you, but it's ah-ah na maka-o na ah-ah. But what it basically means in, in every single year, Marnie, it comes up for me in, in my work life and in my personal life. And it comes up right now in what we're living. And that's don't ever forget where you came from. And as long as you remember where you came from, you'll never lose your way. Yeah. So it's the foundation of who we are as an individual, as a business, as a professional. And for me, why that's so important year after year. And again, now in 21, as we go into 22 and take the 2021 Ironman World Championship to St. George is, you know what? that doesn't mean that we've forgotten where we came from and that will be with us. And that will be what's so significant about that event. The other thing that, that Auntie Elizabeth taught me was, and at that time, Auntie Elizabeth was in her eighties and she's since passed, but she said, you know, embrace your past and what it's taught you. And no matter how good it is, move forward and have growth and look to the future and don't just get stuck and hold on to what you have and allow your life to have change because with change, you can learn and you can grow. 
And so that to me is the theme that every year comes up that to me, I, I continue to learn so much of, and I continue to be reminded that, you know what, don't forget where you came from, but it's okay to move forward and, and to have growth and to have things that are new. That's so beautiful and amazing. I love that. I'm integrating that into my life right now. And that's a really good thing to think about, especially for career, life. There's all kinds of spirituality and all these lessons that you can learn from things that you discover in your daily work and also from racing. Sounds like these themes are part of what you love about your job, but what else do you love about what you do? You know, I think, I think you're, you're right. The themes definitely have given so much to us and what we do because you come to work every day and there's some things that you, you know, the exciting part about doing what we do is, is it is change and it's always a challenge and it's going to be new. And you have this challenge in front of you of going, how do we get better? And you have to do that. And you need to do that because that's what you want to give to your customer. And that's the experience you want to give to your athlete. And I think for us, starting with a theme that has this genuine meaning that's a part of who you become and a part of your heart and soul will drive you to continue to, to do those things and to overcome the challenges that you're going to experience along the way. Um, but I do, I like the challenge. I think that that it drives me. And I think if you're in the event business, you know, there is a part of you that better thrive a little bit on challenge and stress and the unknown. Um, we have had more unknowns than we, we want these days. But as you know, once the event starts, you don't know what's going to happen. Things are going to happen. And it's going to be how, how you manage it and how you work your way through it that, that are going to determine um, if that business and if that, that line of work is for you. Speaking of work and career, I know that you've been with Ironman for, as we said earlier, over 20 years. Do you have any career advice that you live by? I think what I've learned as I've been in this business longer and longer is to find your passion, work in your passion. I have a son who's 22 and just recently graduated from Pepperdine University. And I think when you're that age, and it reminds me of being that age, that you think that something, you know, there's this something that you're supposed to do, you know, and in life, it's like, okay, this is what you do. You go to high school, you go to college, and then you get out and you get a job. Um, I've been very fortunate in my career path to have landed in positions that I have been passionate about. And I think that that's the number one thing that I would say is, is find your passion and, and work in that area. That's, that's great advice. I do think that that's important. And I think that you know, there's so many expectations and so many pressures on you to do certain things. And I, I think when you get to the point now where I'm at, I'm like, find that passion. Because if you find that passion in your work, it's not just work. It becomes a part of who you are and, and it's something that you enjoy. The other area that I've been incredibly blessed by is to surround yourself by amazing people. And, and my success isn't because there's anything miraculous or special that I do. My success comes from the people that I'm surrounded by. 
And I really do. I have the most incredible team that I'm surrounded by. And, you know, you, you know that and you appreciate that in your professional career. And then you go through something like the pandemic, as we all did, and it was my team and their strengths and their courage that every day pushed me to be my best and never once allowed me to have an excuse of something that I couldn't do. And so I think that those are, are, I guess the last thing would be to work hard and be your best and don't make excuses. You know, there's a part of being in a job that's just good old fashioned work. And through hard work, you'll, you'll find your successes. And as athletes, we all know that if you do the work, you see the results, not always in the time frame that you want to see them. But if you put in the work and the time, usually you see good results. So for people who are coming to Kona in 2022 that are new to the race, or maybe they have been there before, but they don't know, what are some great restaurants, sites for athletes, families that they should check out while in town for the race? You know, there has been a bit of change in what's here, but some of the, the great staples that, that we have, you know, is Huggo's on Elite Drive, and, and many athletes will know that. And then the Courtyard by Marriott King Kamehameha's Kona Beach Hotel has this fabulous little restaurant called Honu's, and it's a great place to be. And, you know, to go out and experience the island, Island Breeze has an incredible luau, and they're at a few different places along the coast. And they really do give you that that great feel of being in Hawaii. But a fun snorkel tour would be on Captain Zodiac or the Body Glove Cruises. And there's many places, and, and um, sad to say, some of the, the local spots have yeah. closed down, and, and that's sad. Visit Bike Works. Bike Works Kona, they... They'll take care of all your bike needs while you're here in town. And they've been supporting Ironman and Ironman 70.3 for over 20 years. And so some great little local shops that we have here in town. Yeah. And what about some other islands that we should visit? Oh, all of them. They're all spectacular. It really, I think, depends on what you're looking for. You know, Kauai is forests and waterfalls and beautiful hikes. And of course, you know, you go to Oahu and you have Honolulu and Waikiki Beach and you also have the North Shore there. So very diverse and Maui is is beautiful and hustling and bustling. And that time of year might be a little early, but, you know, they have the humpback whales are really all over Maui. And so that that's beautiful as well. Um, every, every island we have is incredible. Do you travel a lot between islands or? I do some island hopping. I have not done as much during, during the, the past couple of years, but yeah, it's always nice to go to another island. We call it a, a staycation. Can people come another time of year and sort of train on the course or are there are certain organizations or places that people can run or ride or swim safely in the off season? So the, the ocean is open, and so there's not a time of year that you can't swim the swim course. Just recommend that if you decide to do that, that and you're not comfortable with that, that you have somebody to go along with you, maybe in a kayak or on a surfboard following you. Our highway, is, is it has shoulders for bikes, but, you know, it, it's definitely, it's, it's a highway, and so yeah. there are, you know, some of the recommendations would be to to maybe go into bike works and and connect with them directly and have them give you some bike course suggestions and some run course options 
Nelha is is open and people go down to the beach there and, and run there quite often. But again, anywhere, you know, we just ask that they be safe. And if you come, if you're riding your bike with more than, you know, more than yourself to, to ride single file and be smart and be courteous. And, and I think that that's the biggest thing is embrace the gifts that the island gives us and take care when you're here and be respectful that, you know, the land is special and the people people here welcome you, but they just want you to respect the island and, and share your aloha. That's the vibe I get. You know, I think you have to be safe wherever you go if you want to train. But what I do is I always will reach out to the local bike shop or find some runners on Facebook that live locally and ask them where they run and sync up with athletes in the neighborhood. So speaking of running and cycling and swimming, how are you staying fit and healthy during all of this? You know, I think that that's something that that you adapt through life and through your profession and whatever it is you do. And I think that like right now in my life, I think I get out more walking and hiking than, than I do anything else. And we've had the opportunity to do that because the island is a bit more quiet right now yeah. than it typically is. So getting out and, and hiking in the forest and places that, that you can right now is something that I've found is, is really enjoyable. And do you also do any meditation or how do you stay mentally fit? Well, you know... I can't say that I sit and do meditation, Marnie. I don't. So I probably I, I probably yeah. should because it would slow uh, slow me down. You know, I think that my my outlet for my sanity is my family. A hundred percent, hands down. It's the most important gift that you have in your life. And I think you know, as hard as it was when when my son came home before he graduated, but he came home for the pandemic. You know, yeah. it was. It was nice to have him closer to home, uh, but having family to lean on and to be there and that, that gives me, that's my getaway and that's my greatest joy. And I don't think anything can give me more sanity than, than being with my family. That's amazing. That's, that's wonderful. I love hearing that. That's really great. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Marnie. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 